0: All right, so to get to the word, listen, our environment usually dictates who we are. Our environment, the the people that we're around, the people that we associate with dictate what we do. What happens with us in our lives when we grow up, it kind of dictates, our environment kind of dictates that. You know, I, I was talking to someone last week and you know, Our environment dictates who we are. It dictates whether we drink or we smoke. It dictates, you know, where we walk. It dictates the career path that we have. It dictates pretty much everything in our lives if we don't get off that road, if we go somewhere else. But it shapes us. It molds us. Listen, I grew up on a block called Tudor Lane in Bayshore. Tudor, Tudor Lane, Tudor Lane. Didn't learn Tudor nothing. So, (laughs) um, but I grew up there and that's where it molded and shaped my life. And I remember ripping and running through the neighborhood. I remember seeing, you know, one of my friends get beat in front of his house by his dad, you know, because back then it was it was okay. You could do that back then. Now you don't see anybody getting tore up in, in public. You don't see anyone popped in their mouth in public. You know, shoot, I used to get popped be in the grocery store. And I if I did the wrong thing, my mouth popped me right in the mouth, my lip would immediately just just inflate. <laughs> you know. <laughs> but it was it was right. But Tudor Lane, it shaped and molded my life. But I didn't know anything outside of that. I didn't know anything outside of my environment. I didn't know anything outside of the people, the friends I grew up with. And thank God I grew up with a very diverse, you know, group of people. Across the street was my best friend he was white. And right next door was my other best friend who was Spanish. You know, and around the neighborhood, it was just all mixed culture. I thank God for that. But I also thank God for the moment he took me out of Tudor Lane. He took me out because it allowed me to understand and see life. Understand and see other things and what other people are doing but sometimes people don't want to leave their environment people just want to hang out and sit in the midst of everything that they're going through or everything that other people are going through because sometimes our environment just sucks us so far in that other people's problems become become what your problems your problems but God's like, hold on, I have a bigger and higher call for you and for your life. I know what I'm here to do with you in your life. I might have placed you there at that particular moment, at that particular time, to nurture you and for you to, you know, just to gain some things and to be shaped slightly. But that's not where you're supposed to end off. That's not your end story. That's just not it for you at all. There's a person in the Bible by the name of Esther. Everyone say Esther. Esther. She was an absolutely beautiful young lady. Absolutely beautiful. But something tragic happened in her life. Her mom and her dad died at a very young age. At a very young age, they died. So she was left alone. And the only person in her family that was around was her uncle Mordecai. So she, mom, dad, not there anymore. Nobody was there. So you can imagine what she was going through. She was lonely. She was broken. She was hurt. She was depressed. She was everything. Because she had no one there but Mordecai and her uncle. Well, her uncle was Mordecai. Her uncle was Mordecai. But it was only them two. So she looked at Mordecai like a father figure. She looked at Mordecai like he was the mom, like he was the dad, that he was everything. She clung to him, because that's all she knew. That's the only person that was around that cared for her, that loved for her. He was her everything, everything. But Mordecai knew something. The uncle knew something. And he would say, listen, Esther, Your life is meant for more. You were meant to do more in life. You were not just meant just to be here with me. But she couldn't see outside of that because of her situation, because of what she went through, because it was so traumatic in her life, her losing her mom and her dad, that she did not ever want to think about risking and losing. The only other thing that she had close to her, which was her uncle. But her uncle knew something, knew that she just wasn't meant to always be here, that she was meant to live a life that he didn't know about. But he didn't know what to do. He had no clue on where to put her or how to help her out. He didn't know. But then all of a sudden, a decree A message, an email, a text went out, and it was searching, the king was searching for a queen, searching for a queen. Mordecai hears this, and he looks at Esther, his little niece, who is basically like his daughter, looks at her, oh my God, this could be you. This could be you. And he immediately imagines what what she would be like as a queen, how dignified she would be, how humble she would be, how personable she would be. But he also knew, hold on, if I'm going to bring this up to her, what is she going to say? What is she going to do? So all of a sudden this decree went out and people are gathering people are talking about throughout the town. People are just saying, oh, my God, looking for queen because it's your daughter. Could it be your daughter? Could it be your daughter? Could it be your daughter? Mordecai's hearing all this. And he brings it back home to this little girl. And he says to Esther, Esther, you're made for more. Esther, I want you to go and be the queen. I want you to go and apply. What do you think Esther's reaction was? Do you think she was skipping, clicking her heels, saying absolutely, what do you think her reply was? No, absolutely not, absolutely not. Because why? Because I do not want to leave here. You are the only thing that I have. You're the only family that I have around. I can't risk losing you. I don't want to go anywhere. I don't know anything else. It's always been you and me, hunk. Always been you and me. You used to go here and I used to follow along. You told me to work over here in the field. I went to work over here in the field. It was just you and me. I can't leave you. But the king had a call. And the call went out. The call went out. Mordecai hears the call. Hears the call and brings it to Esther. Sometimes we're so blinded with our own situations that we don't hear the call. Sometimes we're so blinded by what we're going through, what's happening in our life at this present moment in time, that we don't hear the call of God, but the call of God, is, is it's calling. So it takes someone else to see something in our lives and say, hold on. This is for you. This is for you. It takes someone else to see something inside of us that we don't see on our own. That we don't see with our own two feet. We don't see it with our own eyes because we're blinded. We see just this portion. But someone else comes along and they see, well, hold on. You were made for more. You see the gifting and talent that's inside of you. You see what you can do that this one can't do. You see how you can speak to people where other people can't speak to them and, and turn their, their, from their, and speak to them and allow them to turn from their ways. That you persuade someone, that you have a boldness about you. You don't understand. I see it, but you don't. You don't see it because of what you're going through at that particular moment in time. Because it has your sight. But I see it. So it took someone else to come and bring the call to Esther. It might take someone else to bring you your call. To show you who you are. Because we can't see it on our own sometimes. Because of what we go through. Because of the traumatic experience that happened in our life. So we can't see anything out of that because we are so gripped and it has us at, at its, at its, in its hands. But God's saying, hold on, I'm still calling in the midst of your traumatic experience. I am still calling in the midst of your pain. I am still calling because I know who you are and I know what I made and I put inside of you. I am still calling despite everything that's happened in your life. I am still calling and you may not see it. So I'm going to send someone to you that sees it and they're going to provoke something inside of you that has been there. And then all of a sudden something is going to fester and something is going to start to bubble in your life. And you're going to say, why am I feeling this way? Why do I feel like this earth? Well, it's Jesus because He put something inside of you that's been laying dormant for years that hasn't been awakened up until this point in time. So all of a sudden, Mordecai explains to her, "You got to go. You have to answer the call." But she's shaking. What to do? How do I leave? Mordecai brings her to the king's house. Says, Esther, you gotta go. And she finally. Takes his hand. Other people are going inside. And as she's walking off, she still has his hand. Ashley, come here for a sec. Yeah. Walk off. He still has her hand. And she's looking back. She's looking back. She still has her hand. His hand. But she knows where she should be. She knows what God is doing, but she has to let go. We need to let go of situations. We need to let go of things that are happening in our lives that are not good. We need to let go of toxic relationships that are not helping us in our children's lives. We need to let go of thoughts that have been having a grip on our lives that we're not able to see outside of any of those thoughts. We need to let go. We need to let go. So she lets go. Something tremendous happens. As she went inside the house, inside the kingdom, There was a nation that was in bondage, a nation that was going to be killed and dealt with. There was a nation that was in the balance because of in her decision. And this nation would have either lived if she made the right decision or died if she made the wrong decision. Your call is tied to so many other people's lives that you have no idea about. When you answer the call, you not only answer the call for you, but you answer the call for them that's behind you also. You don't just answer your call. You allow that stone to to be removed out of someone else's path, out of someone else's life. And finally allowing them to walk freely because of your decision. Because Esther, she was a Jew. There was a man that was by the name of Haman, right? Paul Haman, Haman. And he had evil in his eyes. And he wanted to kill every one of the Jews. I don't like them. I don't want them to be around. They bother me. And this Haman was in a big position. But when Esther said yes, fate changed. When you say yes, fate changes. Life changes. But it's because of your decision. Because of your decision. And it's hard. Because Esther was going to a place that she didn't know. She didn't know the smell. She didn't know the food. She didn't know anything. She didn't know the garments. She didn't know much of anything. But the call came. The call came, and she answered the call. But, you know, what am I th- What are we talking about? We're talking about our environment, guys. Our environment. God had to take her out of the environment that she was in in order to for her to grow and to be catapulted to new heights. Wait, what you saying? Quince, what are you saying? What are you saying? Well, I'm talking about a tree right now, all right? Let's talk about a tree, a tree that was planted in a pot right a tree that's planted in a pot this this oak tree was planted in a pot and all of a sudden this oak tree starts to grow it starts to grow and it looks nice, it looks good, it looks great, but was that the plan for the oak tree on where to grow and where to plant himself? Was that God's plan for the oak tree to be planted in a pot? Sometimes we plant ourselves in a pot. Meanwhile, God's saying you're not supposed to be planted in the smallness. You're not supposed to be planted in something that's going to constrain you, constrain who you are, constrain your identity, constrain your power because the oak tree was not meant to be planted in a pot. So all of a sudden you plant an oak tree in a pot and it grows and it looks nice and beautiful, but all of a sudden you take that seed and you plant that seed in the ground, in the ground where that oak tree's roots can grow deep because that's as deep as that oak tree's roots go, that's as high as it goes also. So the oak tree needed to be unplanted from his environment. And planted somewhere else so he can grow. Esther had to be taken out of her, her environment. Everything that she knew, everything that she loved, all the food that she loved, the tamales, the coquito, the pasteles, everything that she knew, she went over to Bland World. There, there was no taste in food. But God wanted her there. God wanted her there because he knew there is where she would truly grow. There she can finally spread her wings all the way and not be constrained by the pot, by the people, by the environment that surrounds her. She didn't have to be constrained anymore. So God took her out of that pot and planted her In a kingdom. Took her out of the small environment where she grew up. Everything that she loved, everything that she was just a part of, took her out of there. And placed her somewhere that she was going to soar. She wasn't a queen over here. She wasn't a queen in this environment. She wasn't a queen sitting in Mordecai's house. But when she left the house, she became a queen. She became great. Her word was the law. What she said was honored amongst everybody. But if she came over here and stayed over here, she'd say something, who would hear it? Mordecai. That's the only person that would hear it. But she didn't know that there was greatness that was planted inside of her. She didn't know that she was gifted with ability that she didn't know she was gifted with until she left the environment where she was, where God put her. You may not know what you're being gifted with until you leave the environment that you're in. And I'm talking about, you. you well, I can't just leave, oh, okay, no problem. Well, how about your thoughts? How about how you think of yourself? Oh, you know I'm, I can't do much. I can't do much of anything. I can't learn. Wait, hold on. How about you leave those thoughts alone and you come over to optimistic world and say, "I can do all things through Christ, who strengthens me." She was born for this, gentlemen, ladies. You are born to be great. But some of us have a pot mentality. I need to stay around the pot in order to know, to grow, and to be who I am. No, baby. No. No. God is moving you out of that. God is trying to say, enough's enough. Enough of that pot mentality. Enough of staying around your circle of influence. Staying around those good-for-nothing people who are doing nothing good for nothing with your life. Who are not helping you? Who are not pushing you? Who are not telling you to strive for more? My God! Listen, you come around me, we're gonna do some things. We're not gonna stand still. I'm telling you, we ain't standing still. If God allows you to be in my life, my God, you are gonna called to be something absolutely amazing. You are called to dream. You are called to be a conqueror. You are called to be a multi-billion dollar person. This is your call. We're gonna dream, baby. I'm telling you, am I right or wrong? We are gonna dream, and I'm gonna dream with you. I'm gonna believe that you're gonna be bigger than sliced bread, that you're gonna do things bigger than the Wright brothers have ever done. You're gonna do anything bigger than what Bill Gates has ever done, Trump has ever done, Steve Jobs has ever done. You're gonna do greater things. And you're going to affect change in other people's lives that you would have never known before. You know Esther what she did? She affected change in people's lives that she never even spoke to. She was never even around, not even in the same room. And she affected change in people's lives because of the decision to answer her call. You answer your call? My God. God does something absolutely amazing. All right. Hold on. I was going to die. I can't let this die. I got something' got to say in here. So this last story, David. born, how many, how many brothers did David have? Seven. Seven brothers David have. Older brothers. Older brothers. David was the youngest. The call came showed up at his door. Samuel showed up at the door. I'm here to anoint the king. Jesse's so excited. Brings his his sons from everywhere. Come, come, come. The the king is being born from my loins in my house. So he brings his seven sons there. Samuel is there, this great prophet. And God's speaking to him, who should I choose, God? And he goes down the line from each and every one of them. And God says, I didn't choose them. Well, hold on. Well, God, hold on. Jesse said, this is all his brothers. This is everyone. This is everyone here. I didn't choose them. So Samuel's confused. And he goes to Jesse. He says, Jesse. This, this is all your children, right? Yeah. And Jesse's like, mm, I got another boy. And he's in the field. He's the smallest, ruddiest kid you'll ever meet. Just lanky, just, you know, just uncoordinated. You know, he walks and you just, it's like the walk is just walking him. You know, he's got nothing about him. And, and Samuel says, bring the boy here. Bring him here. Bring, they bring David in. Immediately, God speaks. That's my boy. That's the king. That's the king right there. He turns to Jesse and says, that is the new king of Israel. But that's not where it ends. In order for David to become king, he has to leave the environment where he was brought up in. He couldn't stay attached to Jesse and his brothers' lives. No one they were probably jealous anyway. Anyone have anybody jealous in your in your family? Oh, don't answer that. You know, don't answer that. You know. But David had to go in the king's house. He had to go in Saul's house, and he had to live there. This is things that David's never seen before. Listen, you might not be in the environment. God might place you in an environment that is unfamiliar with everything you ever known. He might place you in a place that you've never ever thought that you would be before, but God put you there for a reason. He put you there so you can grow, so you can learn, so you can become something that your other environment wouldn't help you out in. So so David, he's being brought to the royal palace, from the field to the palace. It's a rap song, right? Field to the palace. So he's there, and he's around butlers and servants and, And all these these, these royal people and dignitaries and assemblymen and, you know, all these amazing, these these Socratic prophets. You know, he's just around all these people. And little David had, had had a staff in his hand, clothes all torn up, you know, hair all disheveled. Is he in the right environment? Just because you don't look the part doesn't mean you aren't the part. Just because you don't look the way everybody else looks doesn't mean that you are not selected to be there. Because that's what David was. He was selected to be in the presence of people that he never, ever thought he would be around. So all of a sudden David's there. And he's learning things. And who never learned in the field. He's, he's, he's learning to read, which he did not ever thought about, even think about, had that thought about that he would be able to read. He's being taught by these scholars, taught by people that he would never have been around before. But all of a sudden, he's placed there. Listen, God does not make a mistake by where he, he's putting you. He does not make a mistake. When he calls you to be something that's greater than you ever thought that you could be. He does not make a mistake. God does not make a mistake. Amen? So all of a sudden, he's placed there. I'm the king. I'm the newly anointed king. Why aren't I reigning? It's okay, Dave. Just stay there. That's okay. Saul makes him chief in the army. Chief. And it's David, as chief in the army. And he would go from battle to battle. And God would give him the victory. From one battle for a victory, to another battle for a victory, to another battle to get a victory. So all of a sudden, trust in people, trust in David was now growing throughout all of the kingdom. David is going to battle. David is winning the battle. David is going to war. He is winning the war. God is with David. The favor of God is with David. So they began to put David in another light that he was never in before. And they began to seek counsel with David. They wanted to advice from David. They wanted to be around David. They wanted to, 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 to eat around David. The sentiment around this little boy grew. And everyone wanted to be attached to him. Everyone wanted to be right next to him. God was doing something. It might seem like a mistake to everybody else that God chose David. But it wasn't a mistake to God. I chose him. It's going to take a little time. But the call is still there. It's going to take a little time. But I'm still working and I'm still doing something with you in your life. It might take a little time. It's okay. Hang it, hang out, chill, learn, understand, grow, do something. But I'm here and I'm doing something with your life for a reason, David. You may not see what I'm doing, but I'm doing something for a reason. Just keep going. One foot in front of the other, David. Just keep going. And all of a sudden, at one juncture, moment in time, he finally becomes king. But he became king. From the people, from the people. He didn't become king just by word, just by saying, David, you're now king. No, no, he didn't become king that way. He became king by winning the people's hearts. He became king by being around them, hanging out with them, being next to them, being in, 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 in the same pool with them. He gained their love from there. And he says, God says, hold on, I allowed Saul to rule and reign, but I did it. I need to do this differently. The people need to love David. They need to love him. So God took him out of his environment, his brothers being a shepherd in the field, and he brought him to another environment. But this environment was who David was all along. It might not have seemed like to everyone else that he was the king, but he was the king in making. He was the destiny in the making. It took a little time, but he got there. But he had to be out of his environment. See, so, ladies and gentlemen, what I'm saying is, where are you putting yourself? Where are you allowing your feet to lay? Where are you hanging out? Where are you chilling? What are you snuggled up next to? What are you doing? Are you in an environment that's going to push you? Are you already in an environment that's going to let you be complacent? Let you just chill, be idle, fold the little hands, hang out a little bit. You might, you know, do a, something, a, some, just a little something, but that's just it. What environment are you in? Do you feel the need? Like, man, I can't, I don't wanna be around him anymore. He's gonna tell me, ask me what, he's gonna do, what I did with my life, what I'm doing, where, where, where am I going? You know, he's gonna do, do this. What, what environment are you in environments that says, hey baby, come and sit, hang out. Let's, let's eat some pound cake, you know, let's chill or you in an environment that you are held accountable. That you were held accountable to your actions and what you're there to do each and every day or each and every week. Someone is on top of you saying, listen, what did you do last week? What did you do with your life? Because I'm pretty sure with David, He had some boxes to check off from week to week to week. I'm pretty sure with Esther, Esther had some boxes to check off. Do you smell good, Esther? You may think it's something, but you're coming from nothing, Esther. You don't have anything. When in this kingdom, you need to smell a certain way, Esther. So what are you doing? God is doing something. My God. Thank you, Jesus. Got two last points. I need to find it. God is showing up at the door. He's showing up at the door of your heart. Door of your house. What are you going to do? Are you going to shut the door in His face? Are you going to say, "God, let's go." let's go, I'm coming, I'm coming. You can't be satisfied in the environment that you're in that you missed the call of God. You can't be so planted in your ways that you missed the call of God and it's right there and it shows up right on your doorstep, right there. Esther could have missed it if her uncle was not persistent. David could have missed it if Samuel didn't hear from the Lord. Because just going on sight would have left David behind. My God. Thank you, Jesus. Maybe God deleted it. (laughs) Oh, my God. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, thank you, thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. All right. Stop having a pot mentality. When you were meant to outgrow the pot. Stop having a pot mentality when your roots were meant to be planted in a world or place where you could reach people's lives that you wouldn't even touch. You were meant to be great. In order for us, some of us to have been great, we need to be challenged. Challenged, oh, there it is. Thank you, Jesus right? Come on, Jesus. This is a Christmas message, okay? Why is this a Christmas message? Because Jesus Christ. What was the environment that he was in? Where was he? Was he meant to stay in Bethlehem where he was born when he was raised? Was he meant to stay a carpenter his own, his whole life? Or was his life meant for more? God had to move him out of his environment in order for him to be Jesus Christ of Nazareth, Jesus Christ, our Lord, our Savior. He needed to move him out from where he was to fulfill his call. You have a call that God has put on you, you have a call that he put there, you have a call that's attached to your destiny. And that's attached to other people's destinies also. Answer God's call. Listen to Him. Don't be so put off in your ways or left in your own, that you put yourself in your environment. You just stay there. You were meant to outgrow the environment, you were meant to be something so much more. For those of us that have never pushed ourselves in in, in life, baby, 2023 is going to be the year of the push. It's going to be a year that you're going to be challenged. It's going to be a challenging, amazing, bountiful, and fruitful year for your life. Amen? Amen? It is not going to be 2022. Amen, amen. <laughs> amen. Thank you, Jesus. Everyone's good. Yeah. Yes, yes. You, everyone's good. Yeah. Amen. Anyone have any questions? Any questions? All right. Amen. You may stand up. Thank you, come on. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Let's, let's bow our heads. Let's repeat after me. Say, Jesus, you're my Lord, and you're my Savior. Help me see something different. Allow my eyes not to be attached to my situation. Allow me to see through your eyes on who I am and what I can do and what I can become. Father, have your way, my destiny, is before me, and I'm called to walk forward into my destiny, not to be attached to the past, not to be attached from what I've gone through, not, be, not to be attached to those tragic moments in my life. I am meant for more, and it's in front of me. It's in front of me. Today, I step in to my call. Today, I open the door and allow you to walk through it. Father, have your way. I love you. Have your way. Jesus, I love you. Have your way. I love you. Have your way. Come on, let's sing to Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus.